Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Agents of Revival podcast. I'm so glad you were able to join me today. And so, you know, we're in a new series called Jesus People. And today is episode two. We are talking about proud for Jesus. Yes, y'all. A lot of people out here got pride for everything else and everyone else. But God is saying today he wants his people to be proud for him. Let us pray before we get into this message. Spirit of the living God, we come to right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing my brothers and my sisters to hear a word from you, Father God. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Let those with ears, let them hear today what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Father God, I pray that there be no confusion with this message, Father God. I pray that your people will receive more of you and even less of me in this moment, Father God. May I be decreased so that you in heaven may be increased, that your word, which is truth, will go out and go forth into the nations, into the world, into your people, and will saturate their hearts. God, let this word fall on good ground and produce good fruit, Heavenly Father. Burn out, refine anything in us, God, that is not like you, Jesus, because we want to be salt and light in the earth. Heavenly Father, so help us to illuminate and flavor every environment that we enter in that will reflect more of you and less of us. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We keep none for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So if you've noticed what I've noticed, um, these last few messages, God has had me take a different tone of approach. Usually I'm like up and bubbly and excited, but I feel like because we're talking about something so serious and so hard-hitting and yet much needed that I, I felt I wanted to dial down a little bit of me. Y'all gonna still get some of me, you know, can't help but be myself now, but, <laughs> you know, just taking a different tone to kind of bring it down a bit so that you can hear the seriousness that God is saying to you today, because I believe that God, not just because he gave me revival nights to you know, do this, which is coming up March 31st, 2023. For those of you that have not, please go and get uh, the link code for Zoom for that day. It's free of charge. All are welcome, young and old. So share with your mommies, uncles, aunties, daddies, sisters, cousins. Bring everybody to Revival Nights because we're going to uh, kind of do what I've been doing with you the last few days, kind of talk about some of the things that has been going on in the church. And God is saying enough already. I need my people who are called by my name to humble themselves, to repent and seek his face, seek the true righteousness of Jesus, which is not religious, religious traditions, which is not man-made rules. It's all about Jesus and his word and living in his word. I talked about before Matthew 6, 33, which says, seek first the kingdom of God, which, which means seek him first, live righteously, which means live in a way he's telling you to live and everything else will be added unto you. You don't have to worry about how you're going to provide for yourself or how you're going to get ahead or 
how this going to work out or that friendship is going to come to you or that relationship is going to come to you. You just have to do what God is telling you to do. His biblical principles, y'all. This is not Andrea Griffin Rogers telling you this stuff. This is God's Bible telling you this stuff. I'm just giving you the word. It's not my rules. It's God's. And as I talked about in the last few episodes about Isaiah 55, it's the invitation to the Lord's salvation. Not my own, not no particular church's own. It's God's salvation that he freely gives those who thirst, who seek, who crave for him. He will give it to you when you come to him wholeheartedly. And so today I've been talking for a while about a few scriptures I wanted to get to. And I wasn't able to get to them in the last few episodes. But I believe God is allowing me today to touch on them. And they are some tricky subject matter to touch on. Um, hence the, the title of the message, Proud for Jesus. Because I feel like so many people are out here and you wear your flag. You rep your state. You rep your country. You rep your favorite basketball team. Favorite, you know artist recording artist or favorite actor or favorite tv show or whatever like everybody out here repping their favorite jersey repping their favorite shirt repping their favorite whatever you're repping your flag and yet nobody's proud for jesus why you got so much pride for the things of this world and you don't have the pride for your salvation you don't have pride for um eternity do you think that your life ends when you die here? These are earthly bodies, earthly vessels, the Bible tells us. We have a spiritual life that's on the other side of this if you live it well here. We all came from the Father. That's why the Bible says that children are a gift from the Father, it says in the Proverbs. It's understanding that we all came from God. But because sin was in this world and we were birthed into sin because of Adam and Eve, when they sinned, we were now birthed into this sin. Then you became either children of this world, which is children of sin, children of Satan, or you could still keep your DNA of being a children or child of God. But it takes work. And it doesn't just mean going to going to church every Sunday morning and doing the religious systems that they tell you to do. And okay, you save because there are a lot of people and I know because I've seen them. I know it firsthand. So I'm not just speaking this because I've heard it from another pastor. I'm speaking this from firsthand eyewitness knowledge. There are so many people and I've experienced it myself where you have been. Brought and raised up in church. You've been in church for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And you are so nasty. And what I mean by I experienced it myself was because until God helped me to divorce religion. And I walked out of church organizations back in 2009. My whole world was just what religious systems were. That was my life. Until I said, there got to be another way. Because I'm feeling far and far removed from God. Yet I can sit here and, qu and quote to you. Front, back, cover to cover, my eyes closed. What's going to happen on Sunday morning? Because I'm used to the same thing every Sunday morning. Because we do the same thing every Sunday morning. And then there's Wednesday night Bible study. And then there might be Thursday night prayer uh, or choir rehearsal. And then there's Saturday night, Saturday Sunday school. I'm at church school. So you mean there's Sunday church school. Like I have lived it for so long. And yet I didn't feel no closer to Jesus. And so many people, some of you may know them, some of you may be them. And no, no shade, just get closer to Jesus. Where you have been in church for so long that you have become, your DNA, your, your, life, your lifestyle is reflective so much of your church and less of Jesus. 
well this, this my pastor this my bishop and, and you know this my priest this my rabbi and you got all the traits of them and less of jesus when people see you repping your flag you rep your church flag you rep your your synagogue flag you rep your school flag you rep your lifestyle flag and none of it look like jesus if anybody was to go to that bible without asking you to open your mouth they can't see jesus in you they don't see jesus in you in a way you love they don't see jesus in you in a way you serve others they don't see jesus in you in a way you go back and forth about your day and the only way they know that you christian is if you open your mouth and say oh yeah i'm a christian uh-huh but otherwise I, I believe in jesus but otherwise they don't even know and so we're going to get into some scriptures today that god had i love that he already pre-wrote we don't got to add nothing to god's word because he is the alpha and omega the beginning and the end as you learn in revelations which we're going to discuss revelation today and so he he already knew what was going to happen to the churches and so even though at the time when he gave John these letters to write to the churches, it was the churches of that time, but they still are prevalent today. The names may change, but it's still the churches of today. It's still organizations and bodies of people that, that have not come together. So they're isolated in these different, you know, subcultures and subgroups. And God told John over 2000 years ago, write these letters to my churches. And he's saying it today. Andrea, read these letters to my churches. So we're going to get into it, y'all. We're going to read Revelations 2 and Revelations 3. And there's some other scriptures that God gave me. But we're going to start there and just let the Holy Spirit do whatever he's going to do. Because, again, we have got to heal. We've got to come together. There's too much division in the world. And the church is the answer. But we cannot be the answer. We're divided ourselves. Jesus talks about it when... He was talking to the Pharisees and they tried to say that he was a demon. And he said, they, they said, yeah, you, the only way you could do these things and you can cast out demons and you can heal people is because you're a demon. And Jesus' response is a kingdom uh, divided cannot conquer anything. So how can you say that I'm from Satan yet I'm doing something against him? Like that doesn't make sense, Way. <laughs> That's what Jesus is saying. And he's saying the same thing today. My church can't be as effective and efficient as I need them to be in the earth because there's so much division. There's so much denominational strife. There's so much um, just issues even in the church. There's so much church hurt. I told you guys, uh, and you still have time to go and be a part of it if you haven't yet. I've been doing a survey for the last few weeks about um, the divisions in the church and church hurt and just trying to understand the pain that people are in and it's an anonymous survey so you just have to go to my social media platforms to get the link to go and do this uh google doc that i put together and like i said nobody's judging you i won't know who you are but go fill it out go share it with your friends your family members and have them fill it out because the more data we have the more we're able to recognize i already recognized it was a problem but the more able the more we're able to service the problem. I told you before in the last episode that God already placed it on my heart back in um, 2017 that this was an issue in the church. I'd already saw it, as I said earlier, in 2009 when I left the church. But I thought it was just me. And so it took me going on a journey to recognize, wait a minute, this is many people 
that have experienced church hurt, many people that are tired of religious systems, many people that are tired of traditional strongholds that keep people out while you get to stay in. God is saying enough with that VIP list. Enough with that. I told you guys, even he showed me a vision where he was like, I, that's not my church. That is the churches of this world that don't have Jesus in it. They have darkness in it. You sitting on a, a platform or on a pulpit and you judging the people that come in the door while you sitting next to your sin or sitting in your sin. And yet you're trying to baptize somebody else, but you won't even identify your own sin of judgment, your own sin of ridicule, your own sin of adultery. Enough with that. I heard my brother Jerry Flowers say, my generation demands real. Part of being real, as I talked about before, is be real with yourself. First, I did a whole video sermon on this. So go check it out on my YouTube at Andrea from Rogers. Be real first, please. You want real. You want somebody to be authentic with you, but you won't even be authentic with yourself. You won't even be honest with yourself to say, yes, I'm hurting. Yes, this is, issue is bothering me. Yes, I'm frustrated. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, somebody hurt my feelings. Yes, somebody betrayed me. Yes, somebody did me wrong. Be real first instead of wanting somebody else to be real with you. And so I love how Jesus, you know, knew to give John these letters because he knew across generations this is going to sadly become a problem. So it wasn't just a problem over 2,000 years ago. It's a problem today where there's division in the church, where there's some who know him, who love him, who serve him like me. And, and then there's others who do that and then they judge. And then there's others who be there and don't do it. They hot and cold. One minute you in, one minute you out. You got one foot in, one foot out. And God is saying enough of that. So let's start at Revelation chapter 2, starting at the first verse. And it's the message to the church in Ephesus. And I'm reading from, as I do most of my readings, from the New Living Translation. And so it says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint with you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Baby, that's the whole word right there. <laughs> I feel like I can just stop the sermon right here because that's the word right there. Again, many people, before I continue on, many people are in the church today. You go to church faithfully every Sunday. You participate in every single thing. Yet you got hatred in your heart for those who sit right next to you. For those who serve right under the same pastor or, or leader that you're serving. You got so much hatred for those who are living right next to you. And God is saying, that's, that's a problem. That's my complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. And so many people, there's a scripture that talks about where um, Jesus says, you know, you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't um, give me anything to drink. And the people are like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, when did we see you and not feed you? When did we see you and not give you clothing? When did we see you and not give you drink? And he says, if you've done it. If you've done it for the least of them, then you've done it to me. So this is what Jesus is saying right now is that you don't love me because if you love me, then you would love others. 
as I love you, you extend grace to people as I've extended grace to you. You wouldn't be so prideful to not share your story or what you've gone through to help free somebody else. Because you will close somebody else like God closed you. True salvation doesn't come when you keep your mouth closed. True salvation comes when you repent. That means not just turn the other way, but that means to pour it all out to the Father of all the wrong you've done. Now, God will, you know, forget it, throw it into the sea, basically, and remember it no more. But you got to repent. You got to pour it out to him and tell him what you've done wrong first in order to be forgiven. The same thing. When you share your story, it's not about condemning you for your story. No, there's no condemnation in Jesus. It's about there's somebody else you don't even know that needs to hear your story. I will tell you time and time again where I have been in predicaments and in areas with people where God may have given me a word to share with that person and it be in a public place. And then there's meaning there's other people that's listening. I didn't even realize some people were listening. But Jesus even showed me this in the spirit room. That there are other people. When I'm talking to the person I, that's in front of me. There are other people listening. So they may not ever say anything to me. They may not even ask me to elaborate. Or ask questions or nothing. But they are nearby with their ears keen to listen. Why? Because deep calls to deep. Deep beckons to deep. That means the Holy Spirit beckons to them. To listen. And the Holy Spirit wants to reside in them. That's what deep to deep means. And so they they may not even ever tell me how the story or the testimony helped them. It may not help the person I'm talking to, but it'll help the other people that surround us listening. There's other times where it could just be one-on-one and us and us be the only people in the room. And I'll be talking to somebody and then they'll tell me, Oh, you know what? I shared your story with somebody else. That was going through something and it blessed them at that time. You do not know how God's going to use your story. He does. That's what he says in Isaiah 55. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So the heavens are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We don't know how God's going to use our story. But we have to be willing to stand bold and proud in the Father. In Jesus to show our faith. No matter the cost. There came a time where Christians were persecuted. Excuse me. There, there came a time where, be, you know, being a follower of Jesus, if you go reach X, it wasn't something easy to say or do. You were persecuted for your faith. Yet we have to be as bold as our believers in the past. To stand tall and proud for Jesus. Not proud for people. Not proud for things. Not proud for your flag. Proud for Jesus. I'm going to continue on in the scripture. So I'm going to go back to um, verse 3. Verse 4, excuse me. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. That's non-believers. You hate the evil deeds of the non-believers just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. And that is Revelation 2 verse 1 
through 7. Um, actually, I'm going to continue reading on to verse 10. I hear God saying stop at verse 10. So let's continue on. Now, this is going into a new message, which is the message to the church in Smyrna. So it says, write this letter, excuse me, write this letter <laughs> to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last who was dead, but is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Let me really quickly explain what this means before I go on. This means for that some of you that feel like, well, I'm too poor. I don't have this. I'm lacking in uh, spiritual knowledge. I don't understand the Bible. So I'm lacking in reading the Bible. I'm lacking in going to church every Sunday and staying faithful and committed. I'm lacking in prayer. I'm poor in finances, resources, whatever you your poverty is. Because poverty is a mindset. So whatever your poverty is, God is saying, but you are rich. Embrace that. Embrace that you are rich. Stop lying to yourself and, and listening to the, the enemy. That's belonging to Satan's synagogue. You are rich. He's giving you Riches beyond measure. You are listening to this podcast, which means that you are rich because there are real homeless people on the street that don't have cell phones, internet, nothing. They can't get this message right now. So you are rich. You may not have the money you want in the bank. You may not have the, the, the status that culture says is rich, but understand in God, you are rich. And so anyway, continuing on, don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. So this is basically saying that don't be afraid of what you suffer for your faith. Be proud for Jesus. Understand that the enemy is going to come and sift you like wheat. He's going to come and test you. He's going to come and even put some of you in a prison. It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll go into actual prison per se in the natural. It's a it's a metaphor meaning um, not to say that it isn't figurative because there are some people that have suffered in prison like we know from Paul in the Bible. But he's saying to the churches that some of you can go through an emotional prison. Where you have, where grief has stricken you so hard that you don't know how to get out. Some of you go through a, a mental prison where you go through a mental breakdown. There's different forms of prisons that you go through. And God is saying, even though the enemy is going to put you there, know that I am with you. Know that you are not alone. You are suffering for a little bit, but it's to test your faith. To test something in you. That's why he says remain faithful. Even when facing death. Even when it seems like the burden is too heavy to bear. When it seems like you can't suffer anymore. When it seems like God please take the wheel. Because I'm, I'm in between a rock and a hard place and under a pit. And God is saying don't worry. I'm still there. I'm going to bring you through. I'm not a man that I should lie. My word will not return to me void. But understand that you're going through a testing. It's a pruning. You remember somebody earlier in my prayer. God is pruning and refining some of you. That's why he has me reading these different letters to the church. Because every letter will not be for everybody. There are certain people that will hear this letter and it will resonate with them exactly who it's for. 
And so to go into now Revelation 3, starting at the 15th verse, which is another le letter that he writes to the church in uh, Laodicea. And he says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Really, really quickly. What does this mean? This means that many people out here look for their own wealth. So you think you're rich because you did it by yourself. That's people that got that attitude, that prideful attitude that says, ain't nobody helped me. I did this on my own. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. God's talking to you. Because first of all, first and foremost, God helped you. And then aside from God helping you, he sent people and resources through people to help you. So don't say, oh, ain't nobody help you. You didn't get that house just because you had the money to get that house. There was somebody at the bank that either gave you a loan or a job that paid you the money that you saved up to buy that house. There was a realtor that you worked with to purchase that house. Or there was a homeowner that you worked with to purchase that house. If you um even have a job, you're like, anybody help me get here? There was somebody that interviewed you and hired you to get you that job position. There was somebody that wrote the job description on a website that you went and saw to, uh, to get there. There was somebody who put together the website for you to go and see the job on there to apply to. Like, it, people are connected. So don't say you didn't, you, you got here on your own. Ain't nobody helped you. You have had help. God is saying enough with that. How prideful are you that you say you are so rich, you have everything you want, you don't need a thing, and you're not even realizing that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So many people nowadays love to say, oh, I'm woke, I'm woke, no boo, you blind, you sleep. That means you are spiritually asleep, you have become politically woke, you have become um, culturally woke, and yet you have become heavenly sleep. You have become spiritually blind to the things that really matter. The things of God's world and not that is of this world. We are meant to be in this world, but of God's world, not of earth world. That means that culture should not be shifting what you do or changing or influencing you in any way of what you do every day. And many of you may hear this and feel like, oh, well, or you may say to yourself, well, culture don't influence me. Really? It doesn't. Hmm. Why do you think the way you think? Why don't you hang out with those people that you that you don't want to hang out with? Why don't you like those people that you think you don't like? Why is it that you don't want to go support that particular person? Why is it that you um you know have your favorite pastor? Why is it that you uh like what you like? Why is it that you dress where you dress? Like don't sit here and say that you're not influenced in some way. Own it. I'm not judging you. Saying own it and then take it to the father. And then tell him or ask him rather to then refine it so that you will be more reflective of Jesus and less reflective of this culture, of this world, of society. Why do you vote the way you vote if you claim that you're not influenced one way or the other? Oh, I hit a nerve. Oh, I'm Democrat. Oh, I'm Republican. Oh, I'm independent. Oh, I'm a socialist. Oh, I'm this. I'm that. You're influenced by this world. 
Because none of that is kingdom. You will not read in the Bible where Jesus says, or even before Jesus wrapped himself in flesh and came onto the earth, you will not read in the word where it says you had to be one of these particular political spheres in order to be considered God's children. It's not in there. Man may teach you that, but God's word is not is not that. And so continuing on with the scripture in verse 18 of chapter 3 in Revelations. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me. So you will not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes. So you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifferences. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I'm going to stop right there. What is God saying today? God is saying today, I need you to stop being prideful about the things of this world. Stop trusting the things of this world. If COVID-19 hitting the entire world in 2020 of March, interesting that we're in March, you know, talking about this message. So look at how God brings it back around. But at the same time, three years ago, a global pandemic struck the entire world and shut down every system, including the church. If God allowed that to happen, why do you think that's for? He's saying because you've trusted in the things of this world long enough. You've repped so hard and so loudly and so pridefully and proudly. The things of this world long enough. I need you to come and buy your identity from me. Come to me as he said in Isaiah 55. And I will give you everything you need. He, you know, Jesus reiterates it in um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Go read the rest of that. 11, 20, 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 20 through 30. Each time God remembers, God reminds his people to remember him. Don't be prideful of the things in this world. Buy your gold from him. Buy your garments from him. You so worried about trying to dress like the Joneses, so to speak, of this time that you are missing the mark. He's saying, clothe yourself in righteousness. You know, I hear God telling me to tell you about a vision. And so uh, he gave me a vision a while ago. And I've shared this several times in my teaching classes. So I'll share it with you all. And in this vision, I saw a room with oversized uh, furniture. And it, it had a bunch of white sheets over it. You know, kind of like you would see if you see somebody moving or getting painting or something done. And they cover, cover up their furniture so that, you know, it doesn't get anything on it and um in the dream I remember I was I wasn't myself I was in somebody else's body and um but but I could see it was like I could see through their eyes so inward I felt like I was me but when I looked in the mirror of the particular room um it was somebody else so anyway they see a a, a security guard in the vision climbing out of a window and they're like hey where, where are you going i want to go and so the guard gets down there because the furniture is like oversized supersized so dare i say think in terms of like thanos or uh hulk couldn't think his name 
they are Hulk furniture. Like it's just really, really large. And so regular people will probably need to jump up to get on it. And so um, the person sees, the person that I'm in the body of or whatever, sees this security guard climbing out the window. And he says, please take me with you. And so the guard um, climbs up and... I mean, it climbs down, excuse me, and shows the man how to climb back up. But the man wouldn't do his own way. And so he's like, oh, okay, I figure I probably, you know, put this together, that together, and I put this. And so he basically used, like, the furniture's building blocks to try and get to the window to climb out. Now, mind you really quickly, is I, I don't know if I said it or not, but I want to reiterate it if I didn't. Um, the room looks like a big, luxurious mansion or something. So it's like, why would somebody want to get out of that? It looks so nice and beautiful it's just you know it's just covered up so we can't really see the furniture that's one thing i couldn't see and it's interesting i'm interested right now because i'm just thinking about it right now like oh i couldn't really see what the furniture looked like under the cover the cover-ups the white cover-ups all i saw was white cover-ups and so after several attempts um of this of the person trying to climb the way the security guard was climbing up and out of the window the security guard finally helps them and they see, oh, oh, wow, look, the, this is laid out that way. It looks like an easier path laid out. Okay, and so they climb up that way. And then when they get to the window, they're afraid to jump. Now, you're like, no, wait a minute. They done went through all that and they're afraid to jump. Yes, in the vision, the person that I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> I can't really explain that. It's, you know, it's like a character, like I said, in a movie. Um, they were afraid to jump out the window. And so the security guard is standing there like, jump. And he's like, no, 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 I don't think I want to jump anymore. I think I want to stay here. But the security guard pushes, you know, me, the person, out the window in the vision, pushes us out the window, and we think that we're going to fall, but yet a cornerstone, ooh, this is teaching already, y'all. A cornerstone grabs hold of us, and we don't even hurt our foot on the stone. We're able to fall gently onto the ground as if we were placed there, just calmly. And so as... Uh, the the person who I am in, in the body is I'm in the body of a male person though uh, I'm thinking like me in a sense and I'm walking up and I and the person turns back around it's kind of hard to describe some of these visions y'all because it feels like I'm like floating like a figure either hanging over or like seeing it through a person's eyes though I'm not there uh, so bear with me but anyway the person turns around and I Lie to you not, guys. They noticed that they were in a prison. What? Yes. The entire time that they saw the big oversized furniture and it looked really nice and beautiful in there, they didn't even realize, like this word is saying, that they were in a prison. And they were scared. Remember, they were scared to jump out because they thought it was safer there, not even realizing the there that you think is so safe, the there that you think is covered up with with beautiful white garments is not really white garments at all it's something dark under there but you have yet to pull back the cover from the furniture pull back the cover of your heart to really see what is exactly there so you think oh it's fine everything's good but it's a prison man i'm teaching y'all listening this vision oh my god it, every time i teach it god reveals to me so much more layers so i thank you holy spirit in this moment for tying in your scripture of revelations 2 and 3 to this word god is saying to you today some of you out there some of y'all churches out there you have 
grown accustomed to the 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 masks being portrayed over the furniture, being put over your face, being put over your body. And so you project as if everything is good, pristine, that, that you know, you're, you're living a rich, blessed life and you're not. And God is saying to you today, it's time to break free of that. I need my church, my people who are called by my name to stop being proud for the things of this world and start being proud for Jesus. Break out of that. Get your true identity in the Father. I mentioned to you the security guard. The security guard is an angel that's showing you the way out of darkness. That's showing you the way out of your prison that you've been in. That you've been saying it's not really a prison. It's fine. It's good in the hood. Everything's great. Everything's gravy. I don't have no problems. I have no issues. I don't got to heal from nothing. And God is saying, man, you are so blind. What the words say, y'all? You are so blind. So poor, so wretched, so miserable, and so naked. And you don't even realize it. Why? Because the enemy has made you believe with all the makeup and, and the mustache uh, and the haircuts and the dye and trim and whatever. And the fancy outfits and stuff. He's made you think that because your money in the bank that you don't have no real problems. You don't have no real pain. You don't have no deep rooted issues in your heart. And he's saying as a church, as a whole, but also individually, it is time to heal. Stop thinking that that's okay. It's not. You are really living in a prison, though you think that you are so free. You think you are so woke. You're not. Come out of being in this world. Come out of being so prideful in this world and become proud in Jesus. And when I talk about the cornerstone and the vision, the cornerstone is Jesus. When you think you're going to fall, he catches you and carries you and places you gently on the ground so that your foot won't even, um, so that you won't hurt your foot on a stone. He says it in his word. It says it in Psalms 91. Go read it. But you won't know that if you stay in your bondage. God is saying today, enough of that. I wonder why Jesus titled this series, Jesus People. And that's because he's saying, I'm trying to reach my people. I need my people to hear my spirit, receive my word, and become awakened to the truth. Not awakened to your reality in terms of what culture says. Awakened to the truth of your real reality in Jesus, your real spiritual heart. I've had so many people tell me that they're good Tell me that everything's good in the hood. Tell me that they're too blessed to be stressed. And like I talked about before in the video that I did on um, the spiritual wellness check-ins on YouTube. It's like pulling a thread. As soon as I pulled that thread of like, oh, okay. And I asked one question. Oh, all of a sudden, you start unraveling like a, a thread on a um, sweater. And now you come in undone. Now all of a sudden you you pouring out all your problems and your issues and your frustrations and your stress and your turmoils and your whatever. Or sometimes I don't even got to say anything. Sometimes if you're quiet enough, people will speak what's really going on in their heart. And I've been in many times in situations and scenarios where I ain't even say nothing. And all of a sudden, uh, especially if you with somebody and they driving. Because baby, it's like when they drink. That's when they truth really come out. And I've been in situations like that where it's like, oh, no, everything's good. I'm so good. Yes, I'm happy. I'm blessed. This and the other. And then let somebody cut them off. Oh, da, 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 da. And they just start yelling and screaming and cussing them out. And then 
you know, people make me sick, and people come and 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 now all of a sudden, oh, here come your thread coming loose because you showing your true colors, you showing the the true status of your heart. Jesus says it doesn't what what you put in your mouth doesn't defile you. It's what comes out of your mouth because that's what comes from your heart. That's what defiles you. But so many people don't even know what's in their heart because they never took time to check their heart posture. Check your palm pilot, baby. God is saying today, be more like him and less of you. And so I pray this message stirs somebody's faith. Um, I thought I was going to say some more, but I hear God saying, just, just wrap it up. So I'll save what, what more I had to say for another time. But y'all become prideful, proud for Jesus and less for the things of this world. This world is fleeting and the things in this world is fleeting. Like I said, if COVID-19 didn't show you that, wake up. Your job is not promised to you. Your livelihood is not promised to you. Your house is not promised to you. Your bank accounts is not promised to you. Your wealth is not promised to you. Your friends are not promised to you. Your family is not promised to you. Your husband, your wife, your children, I can go on and on and on. Your car, whatever you've been trusting, your favorite celebrity is not promised to you because tomorrow's not promised to nobody. But what is promised to you is God's salvation. Go reread Isaiah 55. Hear the Lord beckoning to you for his salvation. Which is above anything else. That's what you should be investing in. That's where the gold is. That's where the riches are. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and adds no sorrow. That doesn't just mean riches in terms of finances and resources. It's richness and joy. Richness and love. Richness and peace. You know y'all hear me talk about before that peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah it's that peace. That most people don't have. Not even the richest billionaires have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Why? Because they thought it was going to come from their money. And they're realizing as a famous song by I believe it's Biggie Smalls says, more money, more problems. Y'all, do the work. Heal from within. Be proud for Jesus and less of the things of this world. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you shalom. Give his peace. Take care. Bye now.